Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahdi. Farmers take to the streets again, saying the clock is ticking to save the future of the industry in Ireland. The Tagus National Dairy Conference takes place this week, but online. Fertiliser prices are skyrocketing. The market suggests there's no immediate improvement in sight. We hear how Origin Green is educating members on best practice farmland biodiversity. And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The decision by the European Commission to open an investigation into anti-dumping measures on the importation of UAN, urea ammonium nitrate, is a positive step towards addressing concerns for farmers across Europe regarding what they call the highly protected EU fertiliser production sector. That statement came from the IFA president, Mr Tim Cullinan. He said European farmers' organisations supported by the IFA had lodged a complaint with DG Trade at the end of April. This resulted, he said, in an investigation being carried out to see whether fertiliser manufacturers will suffer, quote, a threat of injury should the anti-dumping measure on UAN, urea ammonium nitrate, be suspended. Farmers contend that excessive profits said to be achieved by fertiliser manufacturers in the European Union, represented by Fertilisers Europe, mean that a threat of injury is unfounded. Meanwhile, it's estimated that the annual cost to EU farmers from UAN, urea, ammonium, nitrate, anti-dumping measure alone costs from €545 million Euro up to €1.1 billion. The IFA statement said that Agriculture Minister Charlie McConnell had rightly highlighted the current fertiliser crisis and the need to address anti-dumping measures during the recent Agriculture Council meeting. The IFA president now hoped the EU Commission would complete their investigation as a matter of urgency. Mr Cullinan said it was imperative that farmers would have their voices heard by EU Commission officials. He pointed out current fertiliser prices, which had more than doubled in the past 12 months, were not sustainable and we are now at a level which threatens European food production. Irish and other MEPs will get their opportunity to question the Commission during an exchange of views on fertiliser anti-dumping measures scheduled for the Agricultural Committee on 30th of November 2021. Mr Cullinan said he hoped the Commission would take this opportunity to go further and rebalance the fertiliser market and make it fairer for farmers by abolishing all anti-dumping duties 
and import duties on fertilisers. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Chagas National Dairy Conference, due to take place in Cork and Athlone this week, was forced to go online because of the recent restrictions around COVID. A full and varied conference took place over two days, and you'll find coverage of the main topics online at Chagas.ie. The Chagas Chair, Liam Herlihy, addressed the online delegates at the beginning of the conference on Tuesday. I don't have to remind you that we are looking forward to meeting you in person at, in Rochestown Park Hotel this morning. But unfortunately, because of COVID issues, that wasn't possible. And I sincerely hope that you will appreciate that having this conference by virtual means uh, is the right course of action. The theme of our conference this morning is meeting climate obligations, a pathway for the dairy industry. And I believe the operative word here is pathway. I don't have to remind you that in recent times we've heard a great deal about the whole area of climate change, which we, which we must all embrace irrespective of our backgrounds, age or occupation. Equally, from a farming point of view, what is important, of course, is that we have the recent sectorial targets for agriculture have been announced. I think what's important here is that we must embrace this with a sense of positivity, as agriculture always did in the past. While those targets are, to put it mildly, are very, very challenging, with the advancement of science, and the implementation of technology, those targets can be achievable. And I think that is something that is very important, that we pursue this from a positive perspective, or as I would say, to pursue it from the background of having the glass half full. In dealing with those changes, Tagusk today, I believe, has a more important role now than ever before. We are a science-based organisation, have been, and are investing significantly both in laboratory but most of all in our people to bring about technologies that will ensure that agriculture, our farmers and the industry will continue to have both a productive and fulfilling career in agriculture and at the same time meeting those climate targets. Liam Herlihy, Chair of Tiagask. Farmers are being warned to look out for unusual symptoms in their livestock as part of Animal Health Awareness Week. Department of Agriculture says healthy livestock are critical for a sustainable production in the sector. A series of webinars aimed at farmers, vets and the wider agricultural industry have been taking place. Damien Barrett, Superintendent Veterinary Inspector at the Department of Agriculture, explains how farmers can identify an exotic disease in their herd. An unusual presentation that tends to affect larger number numbers of animals over a very short space of time. Like If we're dealing with an exotic disease, one of the main presenting signs is fever, a high temperature, and this will give rise to reduced milk yields. And these things can be subtle, I suppose, but it's just to be aware of it. More than likely, these cases don't arise, but we want people to have this in the back of their mind and to be aware of these issues. Wherever there is one of these exotic diseases, a plan of action kicks in into place where there's protection and surveillance zones. Within three kilometres, there's restriction on movements of livestock and there's wider surveillance up to 10 kilometres. I don't want to over-dramatise this at this stage. These are very rare events if they're confirmed and these restrictions aren't put in place until such time as the disease has been confirmed. We don't take on these measures lightly.
Morris Shine Tagus Cantork is with us this week. Later, we'll be discussing soil sampling in light of the spiralling cost of fertiliser. First, Morris has some events to look out for and a reminder of imminent deadlines. I suppose the first deadline is the 10th of December, and that's for renewal of their glass one, two, or three plans. So they won't roll over. We do need to have to apply for them. So if you talk to your, your advisor there, the deadline is the 10th of December just to get your uh, renewal back in. Then later again in the month, the 20th of December, there was a new announcement there of the BDGP. That's the Beef Data Genomics Programme is going to roll over as well. But like the glass, we do have to apply for it. And the deadline for that is the 20th of December. So two deadlines coming up uh, in December. My colleagues there in Middleton, they're going running a sheep seminar there on Tuesday the 7th of December at 7.30 in Carnmart. That's Tuesday the 7th of December at 7.30 in Carnmart. And look, they're going to talk uh, about sheep genetics there, uh, fertilizer and meal costs for 2022 and then they'll also talk about CAP 2023 and uh, the current schemes uh, as well on the night. Tagus Cork East are now enrolling for a part-time green sort course which will be starting in January 2022. If you are interested in applying please contact your local Tagus office or contact Noreen O'Reilly and the course director in the Tagus Cantork uh, office. So that course is starting in January 2022 so as to get your uh, name in for the role. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine has announced that progress is being made towards achieving a special protected geographic indication PGI status for Irish grass-fed beef. The Minister said he was hopeful now that our PGI application for Irish grass-fed beef submitted by Borbia on behalf of Irish farmers will be published by the EU Commission in coming weeks for the next stage of consultation at EU member state and third country level. If successfully registered, PGI status for Irish grass-fed beef could have significant benefits for all those in the supply chain, particularly our beef farmers who are the cornerstone of the beef sector. He said he would continue to engage intensively with the European Commission on this application and with our counterparts in Northern Ireland with a view to ensuring that Northern Ireland could join the application at the appropriate time. He had spoken, he said, to Minister Poots on this. He also acknowledged the work involved in this by his own department and Borbia in getting the application for PGI status to this stage. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Following confirmation that Ireland's Nitrates Action Programme, NAP, will not be approved at European level by year-end, IFA Environment Chair Mr Paul O'Brien said the existing nitrates regulation, including the derogation, must be extended until the next Nitrates Action Programme and accompanying derogation would be in place. The IFA, he said, had been advised by the Department of Agriculture that the NAP review will not now be completed by year-end. Consequently, the Commission cannot approve the NAP, including the derogation, until its next meeting, scheduled for next March. Mr O'Brien said farmers are concerned to learn that the review of the fifth cycle of the Nitrates Action Programme NAP, covering the period 2022 to 2025 inclusive will not be completed by year-end 2021 as had been planned. Mr O'Brien said that this news is extremely worrying. He said the existing nitrates regulations are due to expire at the end of this year, yet the new proposals are not agreed. 
and the IFA Dairy Chairman, Mr Stephen Arthur, said this delay concerns dairy farmers along with intensive drystock farmers whose farm businesses depend entirely on derogation. Stephen Arthur pointed out it had been expected that the derogation would be sought at December's meeting, yet he said we are now looking at a delay of three months with no clarity in the interim. Paul O'Brien said the department must extend the current Good Agricultural Practice for Protection of Waters Regulation and the Associated Nitrates Derogation to provide farmers with certainty. The IFA Chair emphasised that farmers need assurances that they can continue to operate under the existing nitrates regulation and derogation until the NAP review process has been completed and approved by the European Commission in the new year. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Irish Farmers Association says the clock is ticking to save the future of the industry in Ireland. It's accused government of expecting more and more for less where the Climate Action Plan is concerned. 70 tractors and a convoy drove through Dublin city centre last Sunday in a protest that was scaled back because of the concerns over the COVID pandemic. The IFA president, Tim Cullinan, warned that further protests will take place if their demands aren't listened to. Like costs are going through the roof. We have all of these reductions coming at us and no, and no plan from our government. So what I'm saying here tonight is I need our T-shirt behind Martin. He needs to get on that phone. Or if he doesn't, he will know we're around and we will be here and we will be in town until we do get proper negotiation from them. As I said, we're at a critical time, in particular around cap reform. The clock is ticking. It's ticking very fast here. And I know what this government wants to do. They want to get a plan to Brussels. And what I'm asking you here again today, are we better off with a no plan than a bad plan and take our time and get a right plan? So we have to achieve a reduction of almost 4 million tonnes. Like, that's a massive ask on farmers. And if we look at it, like, this could cost the rural Ireland, rural economy, anything up to 1.1 billion per year. That's a massive amount of money. And maybe a reduction of 10,000 jobs as well. So it's not just us as farmers is affected here. Rural Ireland, the rural economy. Well, West Cork farmer and Munster IFA chair Harold Kingston spoke about the latest campaign with John Paul McNamara on C103's Cork Today show. Look, what seems to be happening is that, yes, there is no plan to... And like when, when you talk about cutting the herd... It's basically cutting production because mm. it would be exactly the same whether whether it was growing tillage crop or, or whatever. This is about reducing production in order to hit targets. The reality is that if you look at what is happening under nitrates regulations at the moment, which still hasn't been as I mean sorted out, it's supposed to be sorted out in the next couple of weeks, and we and we we still haven't seen how that's going. That's looking at putting extra regulation on on dairy farming in particular, but every farmer uh, to, to make it more difficult to actually. Uh, maintain stocking rates or, you know, it's reducing the area that you're allowed to till. Same with the CAP, where there's there's winners and losers on the funding, but the reality is that the, the focus is now on funding environmental measures and and staying away from from the original reason the CAP was put in place, which was to actually deliver uh, a safe and secure food supply for Europe. I know a lot of farmers were on to us this morning. They feel that this cap reform will make some parts of farming unviable. Yeah, like, look, what, what we're facing is, at, at the moment, based on, on Chagas figures, there's about a third of Irish farmers are viable as a, as a standalone business unit. Uh, after that, then you have another third, which are sustainable, 
and sustainable being because of the fact they have another income. So whether it's the farmer themselves or, or a spouse or a family member with, a, with another income, and that's the way that that household is, is maintaining income. And then you have this uh, extra third that they're, they're not necessarily unsustainable or unviable, but they're vulnerable. And there's questions being asked as to whether, whether they can keep going. And it may be a case that they'll be put into a position by, by this regulation that they'll scale down their enterprise, take on a different job or whatever, and, and end up then that they, they become into the sustainable sector by reducing production so that they, they reduce their time on the farm. And like that might make sense for them. But the reality, when you look at, at you know, the, the number of jobs that, that are dependent on us producing a product, you know, the likes of your, your Carberry or your Dairy Gold or your ABP or your, your feed suppliers, your fertilizer suppliers, the, the people who supply the working clothes to farmers, the tractors, all those people are dependent on us producing a product and being active. And if it is a case that we have to reduce our activity in order to meet our climate targets, then that's why we're talking about saving Irish farming in this campaign. You know, if, if we're reducing our activity, reducing our food production, then the whole of rural Ireland suffers. And, like, you know, it, it's not a case that the people in, in transport, they're, they're expected to, to, to reduce their, their emissions as well. But it's not by taking lorries off the road. It's about making them more efficient. West Cork farmer Harold Kingston, IFA. Cabinet has agreed a €66 million decommissioning scheme for Ireland's fishing fleet. It's estimated the Department of the Marine will look to remove up to 60 boats from the fleet after a loss of quota post-Brexit. That would be the equivalent of about a third of the whitefish fleet. It was a recommendation of the Seafood Task Force. An extension to BDGP contracts for 2022 has been announced by the Minister of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug. He's given further details about how farmers who are participants in the 2021 Beef Data and Genomics Programme, BDGP, transitional scheme can continue their participation in the BDGP for next year, 2022. The application process commenced back on 18th of November and stays open up to 5pm on 20th of December 2021. For any queries in relation to submission of applications, kindly contact the following phone number 0761064423. That's 0761064423. Or the following Beef schemes at agriculture.gov.ie, all lowercase. Beef schemes, one word, at agriculture.gov.ie. Minister McConnell urged all 2021 BDGP participants to ensure they either apply online through AgFood or apply via the SMS message where they are signed up to receive text messages from the department. He pointed out 2022 is the final year of the BDGP before the commencement of the Circular Carbon Efficiency Scheme in 2023 as part of the next cap. This scheme will see participants receive €150 on the first 10 cows and €120 on remaining cows. And the phone number and online contact for any queries in relation to submission of applications for the BDGP extension to 2022 as follows 
or beef schemes at agriculture.gov.ie, all lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. With fertiliser prices skyrocketing, Taga specialist Mark Plunkett addressed the issue recently on the Beef Edge podcast with an update on the outlook for the coming months. Mark was speaking to podcast presenter Catherine Egan. Absolutely, fertiliser prices have gone to highs never never seen before um, in, in my lifetime anyway. Um, and I suppose, look, there's a number of factors driving the, the price increases and it's, it very much revolves around natural, ga- natural gas, both the supply and the price of it. And I suppose in the last six months, Catherine, natural gas has become very, very expensive in, in Europe and worldwide. And, and as natural gas is a key ingredient in the production of all nitrogen sources, there's also other factors out there that are, are driving. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The price of fertilizers are present. Um, we've we've an, a world economy recovering from COVID. Uh, such things as um, there's also a drive to, I suppose, clean up the, especially the production of fertilizer, and there's a switch to to natural gas, uh, a, 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 a cleaner fuel, and um, there's also things like the wind hasn't blown as as much 
in Europe and there's less um, uh, energy coming from, say, wind power. So there's, there's a, a number of factors and there's also other things like, you know, a number of countries have um, introduced export bans on, on fertilizer such as, as China and Russia. And, you know, they would be big suppliers into the Irish market. But most definitely, um, you know, prices have increased dramatically and there may be issues around supply um, come the new year. And as you say, like nitrogen has really spiraled out of control and really nearly doubled in price since this time last year. But phosphorus and potassium have also increased in price. Yes, that's that's a good observation, uh, Catherine. Nitrogen has taken the biggest increase. It's 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 you could say nitrogen has nearly gone threefold. Uh, this time last year, nitrogen was about eighty-five cent a kilo. Today, it's anywhere between two to two fifty a kilo, depending on whether you go for urea or a, or a can. Um, base type nitrogen. P and K have increased in in price. Um, again, they have they have increased, but they haven't increased to the same extent as as nitrogen, and and that's what's driving the the big increase in in fertilizer prices is is high end, you know, either straight nitrogen or high ends, like your 27s, 24s, or your 18, 6, 12. They are going to be more expensive in 2022. I suppose the question on everyone's mind really is, what way do you think the market will go in the new year? Current indications from the marketplace is that prices are going to remain strong. They're like, you know what I mean? They're, they're going to remain at, at quoted prices as we have today. You would be hoping that there would be some there would be some fallback, um, you know, but it, it could be mid mid 2022 from what I'm hearing from from the trade. And again, it very much revolves around natural gas you know what I mean, in terms of the supply and the price, uh, as, as we have discussed um, already. Morris Shine, Tagusk Advisor, Cantork is with us this week. And we're discussing the topic of soil sampling. Now that the fertiliser prices have gone so high, I began by asking Morris about what can be done to counteract that. We need to react with the price um, and put ourselves into the best position possible. And I suppose this is simply, look, going back to the basics, which we've all heard before. And look, one option is simply going back soil sampling the farm. The days of putting fertiliser out without having a plan or indication of soil fertility on the farm will be well and truly over with the cost of fertiliser, what's been suggested at the moment. Then, look, we can make uh, the best use of our slurry on our farm. Slurry will have an increased value this year. uh, going forward uh, due to the fact that it can uh, reduce our fertiliser bill for next year. Additionally, if we start using the low emission slurry uh, spreading techniques, we can increase the use of our nitrogen that we get out of our slurry. And look then, we need to go back to spreading lime on our farm. Look, lime is one of the best fertilisers and cheapest out there on the market. Uh, we've moved away from it over a number of years, but which is starting to turn around again. So if we can get out with the lime spreaders again, uh, we can make best use of uh, the soils. You mentioned soil sampling. So how does a farmer go about getting a soil sample? Two options. So Barry said you, you can, uh, number one, the farmer themselves can purchase a soil core uh, or they can pop into their Chagas office to collect one and do it yourself. Or you can talk to your uh, Chagas advisor or sales rep in which they can do it for you. And is there any best time of the year when you might sample that soil? Yeah, so now Barry is the time to make a move on that, says you. Look, it ranges from September to about March. Uh, what we need to make sure is that we don't... Uh, uh, soil sample 
any land that has been recently sprayed with uh, slurry or fertiliser so now is the time to go. What would be your typical soil sampling area? Look we try to base it from 2 to 4 hectares or 5 to 10 acres in old man's terms and um, the reason why we don't want to go too small is you have to ask yourself the question will you spread the fertiliser per paddock basis or will you spread it over two or three paddocks so whatever way you're going to spread the fertiliser we try to target that but no bigger than about 10 acres. And is there any number of soil samples that should be taken now? We'd like to take as many as we can on the farm um, I suppose the biggest thing there is we try to take samples at least every four to five years um, if we're trying to work on a plan we need to have up to date information so every four years is a good way of going about it. Would there be areas of a field say where a farmer should avoid when sampling if he's doing it himself? He or she needs to avoid uh, around gateways dung, urine patches, field boundaries where you might have heaped a bit of lime there to year or a bit of farm air manure because what this will do is it'll give you a false high of the field so what we need to do is do a W shape through the field so we get a good representation of the whole uh, paddock. And is there a correct depth that we should be going down tomorrow to get a yeah, sample? So this is where some farmers if they're doing it themselves uh, we might find a bit of an issue. Um, it is set for 10 centimetres so we do need to get a, a good area and a soil profile of the sample so that's what we're going for the 10 centimetres. What we do often find is if you are used to soil sampling you might only get the top uh, few centimetres of the soil and this will give us a false high on the phosphorus so it's something that we need to get a full profile so 10 centimetres uh, is what we need to go down Barry. Morris Shine, Tagusk Advisor Cantork. Morris will be back with us again next Wednesday night when we continue our discussion on the topic. Well as Irish agriculture works to reduce nitrogen usage by 20% in line with the EU Green Deal sustainability targets. Dairy Gold is helping its farmer suppliers achieve this through its Green Grow Soil Health Programme. John O'Connor is with me to discuss the Dairy Gold Green Grow Soil Health Programme, what it is and how it will work. With timely soil sampling and a customised plan for lime, the scheme aims to improve soil chemical and biological health and ultimately maximise nitrogen efficiency. The net results of the Green Grow Soil Health Programme is that soil will release a greater amount of its own stored nitrogen and phosphorus. This will allow the farmer grow more grass efficiently, reduce dependence on chemical fertiliser and increase nitrogen use efficiency. That's an overview then of how Dairy Gold's Green Grow Soil Programme works positively for the farmer and at the same time another important step in cutting greenhouse gas emissions and carbon footprint. Could you list the bespoke, especially drawn-up benefits for individual farmers participating in the Green Grow Soil Health Programme? Firstly, there will be a targeted application of lime to correct and maintain soil pH. Secondly, there will be a targeted timely application of slurry to maximise its effective use. Thirdly, a bespoke fertiliser plan on a field-by-field basis. And fourthly, a bespoke fertiliser plan to correct and maintain soil chemical and biological health. So four important aspects. Earlier in the conversation, you mentioned the freeing up of nitrogen existing in the soil to reduce the application of chemical fertiliser. So could you say a few words on the key action of the Green Grow Soil Health Programme? The Green Grow Soil Health Programme will maximise the release of nitrogen already stored in the soil of the farm, together with its phosphorus, and thus reduce the need for chemical fertiliser. This action will allow the farmer grow more grass with the same amount of chemical fertiliser use or grow the same amount of grass with a lower fertiliser application. 
as well as reducing the carbon footprint of the farming enterprise. Correct, Barry. By participating in the Dairy Gold Green Grow Soil Health Programme, the farmer is improving his carbon footprint, as well as increasing sustainability and nitrogen use efficiency. As ever-increasing attention is now being focused on farming as a potential generator of greenhouse gases, methane, etc., it's vital that we would find ways of balancing efficient and profitable livestock and crop production with consumer needs and less use of chemical fertilisers. In this month's Dairy Gold Suppliers magazine, Milk Matters, Seamus Omani, head of commercial dairy gold agribusiness, sets out specific financial benefits of the Green Grow Soil Health Programme. For a spend of one euro per acre per year, subject to certain conditions, a farmer could establish the chemical and biological health of their soil, design and implement a fertiliser programme which feeds the soil to maximise its own background nitrogen and phosphorus release, growing an additional 0.85 tonnes of dry matter DM of grass per hectare. Mr Seamus O'Malley of Dairy Gold Agribusiness goes on to write in Milk Matters that for the co-op's average supplier, this annual one euro per acre per year could potentially, subject again to certain conditions, yield 50 euro per acre of extra grass. This return, though, is based on certain conditions and criteria, it's pointed out. So what are the conditions and the criteria? The expected return is based on increasing soil P index from 1 to 3 and increasing soil biological health by 10% with grass value at 80 euro a tonne. DM. Actual return may be higher or lower, depending on a farmer's individual circumstances. To summarise, the Green Grow Soil Health Programme has been developed in direct response to the need to reduce carbon footprint right across all European Union farms through reduced nitrogen use, increased carbon sequestration and improved soil performance. And John, you have contact numbers for listeners who might like more information on how their own specific circumstances would benefit from the Green Grow Soil Health Programme. The contacts are 022-31644. That's uh, 022-31644 or the following. Agri-info at dairygold.ie or lowercase. And that's a double I. A-G-R-I-I-L-F-O at dairygold.ie. The Green Grow Soil Health Programme is covered extensively in the November issue of Milk Matters magazine for dairy gold suppliers by Mr Seamus O'Mahony, Head of Commercial Dairy Gold Agribusiness, or you may check Dairy Gold online for details of the Green Grow Soil Health Programme. Farm Talk on C103. Avian influenza H5N1 has been confirmed in a turkey flock in County Monaghan. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine confirmed that test results have identified evidence of avian influenza H5N1 in samples from a turkey flock in County Monaghan. As a consequence, restriction zones are being set up around the area where additional movement control and surveillance measures will be put in place. The highly pathogenic avian influenza H5N1 has already been confirmed in wild birds across the country in recent weeks. Outbreaks of highly pathogenic avian influenza have been identified also in poultry flocks in the following countries, in Italy, Poland, Germany, the Netherlands, Denmark, Hungary, Estonia, Czechia, Norway, Bulgaria, Belgium and the UK since early October. 
It's important to note there is no evidence of risk associated with consumption of poultry meat or poultry meat products. Poultry flock owners should remain vigilant for any signs of disease in their flocks. They should maintain strict biosecurity measures and report any disease suspicion to their nearest department, regional veterinary office. The Health Protection Surveillance Centre has confirmed that although H5N1 subtype can cause serious disease in poultry and other birds, no human infections with this virus have been reported in Europe, and therefore risk to humans is considered to be very low. Notwithstanding, members of the public are, as always, advised not to handle sick or dead wild birds and to report sick or dead wild birds to the Regional Veterinary Office or contact the department's disease hotline. And the phone number for that disease hotline for H5N1 suspects is the following, a Dublin number 01492-8026. That's 01492-8026. An early warning system is in place with Birdwatch Ireland, the National Parks and Wildlife Service, and the National Association of Regional Game Councils, NRGC, with regards to surveillance for signs of disease in wild birds. It's emphasised poultry flock owners should remain vigilant for any signs of disease in their flocks, and to maintain strict biosecurity measures, and to report any disease suspicion to their nearest department, Regional Veterinary Office. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Origin Green programme recently hosted a webinar focusing on how the National Biodiversity Data Centre and Board BIA are seeking to improve farmland biodiversity. Board BIA also unveiled a new online training course on biodiversity for Origin Green farm members. Rory Mannion is Agri Sustainability Specialist with Board Bia, and I began by asking him about Origin Green. It is Ireland's national uh, food sustainability programme. Um, it operates at, at company and farm level. So at company level, uh, we, we ask that companies uh, sign up to um, an Origin Green Charter where they have to have to set out uh, targets in different areas uh, of their business. Uh, and at farm level, then uh, you know we operate the sustainable assurance schemes, which which a lot of uh, farmers listening will, will already be a part of. Um, so look, yeah, I suppose uh, as with a lot of different areas around sustainability, biodiversity is, is is becoming more and more important, especially in terms of our uh, customers. Um, you know, in recent study there uh, that that we carried out around global sustainability, you know, we found that 68% of of trade buyers say that biodiversity targets are very important when choosing their suppliers. So so we know it is a, a very important area of sustainability in terms of, of selling uh, Irish food. We had a, a, a webinar there recently. Um, it was myself speaking and uh, Dr. Una Fitzpatrick from the National Biodiversity Data Centre. Uh, we covered off a, a number of different areas and, and I suppose your listeners can, can watch that back at uh, origingreen.ie. Una spoke about um, the, a, a, a European Innovation uh, Partnership Programme um, called the Protecting Farmland Pollinators. So it was all around how, how that programme used a scoring system to identify different management practices on Irish farms that can benefit pollinators. So very successful project and, and board are, are always partnering with the National Biodiversity Centre um, you know, uh, in terms of Argentine getting involved in, in, in those EIPs. Um, I, again, uh, we actually announced there in July that Borbia are funding a dedicated biodiversity officer at the National Biodiversity Centre uh, to provide expertise and guidance to our, our Argentine member uh, companies' biodiversity plans. A couple of the other big announcements from, from our side,
side was around um, where we, we were getting involved with another EIP called Farming with uh, Nature. Uh, this is a sort of a, a part two or a follow-up to the very successful Bride EIP that that, um, that operated in the East Cork region there over the past couple of years. Um, and similar to the pollinator plan, they used uh, kind of habitat scoring uh, sheets to uh, ultimately score uh, a farm's, um, you know, uh, biodiversity credentials and awarded farmers on on how biodiverse their farm was. So I suppose in terms of the part two, then with the farming with nature program, um, it really aims to um, digitise um, all of the score sheets and and the actual habitats on farm. Um, and and really we want, from that project, we want to really get a proof concept that it can be scaled up to more than just the forty farms that were involved in the Pride project, and 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 really scale it up to uh, quite a, a larger number of farms. Moving on to our macro update now this week, where I. Two eggs with us, PRO for Shandoon and Balancholic Makra. The focus at the moment is on keepers for a lot of clubs and practice is in full swing. Members are having great fun putting their performances together, learning new routines and unearthing some old party pieces. The Cork County Round, it takes place on the 10th of December. It's a really busy time for clubs now as they prepare for the stage. Best of luck to all involved. As we head into December, there are lots of Christmas activities set to take place across the month. Glanmire Mocker will host a Christmas quiz on December 8th in the hut in Watergrass Hill. Funds raised will be going to the Cork University Hospital Children's Hospital Appeal. There will be prizes for best dressed on the night. On Thursday, December 16th, members of Whitechurch Makra are planning to head into Cork City to do an hour or two of carol singing in the evening time to raise money for Cork Simon. Carrigaline Mockra's New Year's Eve ball will take place in the Rotestown Park Hotel on December 31st. There will be music by the Alley Cats followed by a DJ. Tickets for that are on sale now. After much discussion and careful consideration, Carberry Mockra have decided to postpone their dinner dance until after Christmas. They've now pencilled it in for Saturday the 19th of February. Same time, same location. It's the West Cork Hotel in Skibbereen and starting at 7pm on the 19th of February. They'll be contacting everyone who'd purchased tickets over the coming days. Mocker is asking members nationally to fill out an online survey to aid the organisation to grow and develop. Members should have received an email link to complete the survey and it doesn't take very long to do it all. You can check us out on social media to see what we're up to and new members are always welcome. Thanks, Moraid. Now, the curtain came down this week on ploughing activities in Cork East. Philip Cotter can bring us up to date with all the results. We have two sets of results, final round up for the Cork East ploughing this, this week. Uh, first match was in Bartholomew on Saturday the 20th, and the results for there are single open. First, Michael Linehan. Second, Michael Hannon. And third, Joe Tomey. Under 28, Jamie Hayes. The vintage hydraulic, first, Tom Bozang. Second, Henry McGrath, and third, Phelan Crother. The two for reversible, Paddy Harrington. The three for a match, James Prendergast, and the classic, Damien Ahern. Now we move on to the day afterwards in Watergrass Hill, the 21st, and the results from there senior, two for a open, first, Larkin Bergen, second, Michael Linehan, and third, Michael Hannon. The single for a vintage, first Trevor Fleming. The farmer is Orly Hayes. The senior reversible, first Paddy Harrington. Two for a hydraulic vintage, 
First, Moss Fleming. Second, Tom Bozang. And third, Phelan Cother. The two-fold trailer, Perry Connolly. And the vintage classic, first, Damien Ahern. And the three for a match, first, James Prendergast. Those are the results from Bartholomew on the Saturday and Watergrass Hill on the Sunday. And that's the final round-up of the Cork East matches. Now, we had eight matches in total, and out of the eight days, we got one shower on the first day, and after that, we had seven lovely fine days and lovely sights and a good turnout. So we had an exceptionally successful season for Cork East. Thanks for that, Philip. We turn our attention now to Cork West. Here's Caroline Jennings. On this Sunday, the 28th of November, Cahar Ploughing Association will hold their annual match, weather permitting, on the lands of Geoffrey Witcherley, Borgatia, Ross Carberry, P85C785. It will be signposted on the main Clonakilty, Ross Carberry Road. Entries are to be in today to Richard White on 086-339-7009. Please note, starting time of the ploughing match will be 10.30 a.m. sharp. Now, there's a slight change to the ploughing schedule for the following weekend. Clonakilty Ploughing Association will now hold their annual ploughing match on Sunday, the 5th of December, on the lands of John Sutton, Rock Savage, Clonakilty, P85E436, that's weather permitting. Entries to be in to Caroline Jennings, 087-6779-553, by 12 noon on Saturday, the 4th of December. The novice match will now take place on Saturday, the 4th of December, weather permitting. If anyone is interested in taking part, please get in contact with your local ploughing association or contact the secretary, Barry O'Sullivan, for Cork West Ploughing Association on 087-246-3420. Thanks, Caroline. And thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme this week. I'm Barry O'Mahady. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.